Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. I want to welcome you to our special series of Money Sense, specifically dedicated to providing valuable information regarding the COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic. For nearly 30 years, I have been helping listeners learn how to relate many of life's situations to their finances. This pandemic has caused wide-scale disruption in nearly every sector of our lives. No matter your personal situation, we strive to meet you where you are at, both financially and emotionally. Our guests during this series include a futurist, economist, physician, psychologist, as well as local Milwaukee business professionals to get their perspective on how you can apply their insight and expertise to your financial future. This important series will be aired on WISN AM 1130 during our regular Money Sense times, which are Saturdays at 2 o'clock p.m. and Sundays at noon. They will also be available on demand at ellenbecker.com slash money sense or on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. We hope you will find these informative and be sure to share them with your family and your friends. I'd like to introduce to you today my guest, Anne Hanna, and she is the managing director and founder of the Toro Group, a merger and acquisition company located right here in Milwaukee. She is also the chairman of the board and the director of BizStarts, a Milwaukee organization that supports early stage companies in southeastern Wisconsin. And she is, in addition to that, the president-elect for the Association of Corporate Growth, the ACG, which is a global community for middle market market merger and acquisitions and deal makers and business leaders that are focused on driving growth. And as I'm happy to say, always happy to say, and is always and has been my friend and has been on Money Sense for many years talking about the business community. And I feel just grateful, Anne, that you're here and that you've got the time to, to do this and to help our um, listeners to understand a little bit what you're seeing in this whole community of business um, acquisitions. And I talked to you a little bit before the break and I said, there are people out there that are gung-ho to get started and maybe do something different. And then there's probably people out there that say, I don't ever want to do this again. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm done. You know, I want to sell my business. I, I want to do, uh, get out of this rat race. So if you could just give us a little bit of an overview, that would be great. Okay. Well, thank you, Karen. And thank you for having me uh, here this morning. So as far as what's happening now in the state of Wisconsin for business, uh, what I think the big unknown is right now is there's actually a lot more business activity than people think. Uh, there are very few manufacturers in the state of Wisconsin that are closed. You know, we are a, a lower middle market uh, mergers and acquisitions group, and we deal with privately held companies, uh, most of which about 60% of our business are, is in manufacturing. And as everyone knows, essential businesses have not closed. And so what we have found among our clients is that there are very few manufacturers who are not operating. Now, they're operating differently. So they've gone to great lengths to protect their employees. Uh, they maybe have switched their ships around so that there's less distance between employees. Uh, they have enacted um, many, many cleaning rituals and, and safety precautions around it. But manufacturers in Wisconsin, for the most part, have been operational and have not closed, which I think is, 
going to be the saving grace here in our state. Um, secondly, this uh, shutdown is hitting industries very, very differently. So some businesses that are essential, that are catering to uh, maybe some of the needs of the pandemics, their business is up. So if you think of Zoom stock or you think of Walmart or, or grocery stores, uh, they're doing very, very well. Or manufacturers who, su who supply equipment or personal protective uh, masks and gowns and that sort of thing or service um, uh, food or medical. They're all up and they're all doing very well. So I, I think that is something that's, that's not discussed as much. We talk about all the shutdowns, but on the opposite end of the spectrum are a lot of the businesses that are still doing well. Um, as far as, as businesses that are for sale right now, what we're finding is that deals that are not yet launched or they're getting ready to go to market they're being put on hold. So everyone is saying, okay, let's take a deep breath. Let's see what's happening right now. And once we know we have a little more clarity on what's gonna happen with the debt markets, what's going to happen um, with buyers, then we'll go to market. For deals that are at the letter of intent stage, which means that there's an agreed upon uh, financial structure between the buyer and the seller, if the, if the deal being contemplated is strategic in nature, so for example, if you are a manufacturer who is expanding your capabilities and buying another facility in a different city, um, those type of transactions are continuing to move forward because they're more than a financial uh, transaction. You are actually adding to geography or you're adding to your product reach. And so it's not just a financial transaction. Uh, those deals are continuing to get done. And I know for our firm, we have uh, two deals, one sell side deal and one buy side deal that we'll be completing in the next three weeks. Now, if a deal is financial, in other words, you're being sold to private equity or a family office, and it's uh, based more on the finances of the company, those deals are being put on hold. And, and we're in a wait and see uh, type of uh, pattern on those. So, you know, it's a mixed bag. I guess it's, it's a mixed bag as far as the industry's being affected. It's a mixed bag as far as the deals that are getting done or not getting done. Um, but, you know, either way, we see this as a temporary hold and that eventually as we go back to work and, and Governor Evers has told us uh, what May 26th is our date, um, but just this week on a, on a webinar with the MMAC, he indicated that potentially we could go back to work earlier and that it's going to, it's not going to be a, a light switch that all of a sudden everyone's back to work. It's gonna be a more phased approach. So we're expecting to see the economy in Wisconsin starting to phase back um, maybe as soon as mid-May. And when you describe that your um, sweet spot in your company is middle market, could you describe what that looks like for the listeners? Yes. So the companies that we work, uh, work with are predominantly privately held. We generally work with companies that are selling for a transaction value between $5 million and $150 million, um, which is a pretty wide range. But um, what, that, what that entails is that's going to be companies that are privately uh, held with generally less than 10 uh, shareholders. 
if there is that business out there that's the owner is saying, okay, I've had it. I think I really want to take the next year or whatever that looks like to start to um, formulate a plan to sell my company. What does that look like? And how do they work with a company like yours to actually do that? What, what yeah. are the important steps that they need to take? Well, and, and there's a lot of people actually doing that. In fact, we have um, engaged two two companies to sell them, you know, during this time that we've been shut down and we've been working from home. And it's really not a bad time to do this, especially if you're a little bit slower, because it generally does take a little bit of time to pull records and information together. Because what we know for certain, there's a few things we know for certain. We know this is going to end. We know that it's going to end probably within the next month and we're going to be going back to work. We know that people are still going to want to go to restaurants and they're going to want to go to bars and movies and they're going to want to travel. And we know that business owners are still aging and they have a personal situations, uh, whether it be uh, a need for transition because they want to retire or a need for transition because they're sick or a spouse is sick. Um, because generally when people make the decision to sell, it's, it's, based on a personal, um, personal situation, a personal reason. Uh, businesses will also need to continue to grow. So we know that we're going back to maybe a new normal, but there are many things um, that are going to continue to go back to the way it used to be. Uh, how it's different is there is a new risk, and we're going to have to adjust to this new risk just like we adjusted to the risk and the shock of a 9-11, the, the terrorism risk, just like we adjusted to the risk of the failure of financial institutions that we had in 2008, 2009 with the failure of Lehman Brothers. So this is going to be another risk for us to adjust to. And when you think about it, a pandemic, at least when you compare it to the failure of financial institutions or terrorism, it's at least a risk that we have some vision and we can see it coming um, a little bit ahead of time. And let's take a quick break. And when we come back, let's talk about the concept of making the decision to merge your company or um, to sell your company. And if you could give kind of a an overview of the types of things that a business owner, if he is looking at selling, should be thinking about and thinking through. And my guest today is Ann Hanna, and she is the managing director and founder of the Toro Group, which is a mergers and acquisition company located right here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. My guest today is Ann Hanna, and she is the managing director and founder of the Toro Group, which is a merger and acquisitions company that is located right here in downtown Milwaukee. And before we took our break, we you were talking a little bit about the opportunity might be pretty good right now to be considering selling your company or maybe even, you know, acquiring a company. Could you give a, a kind of a little bit of a step-by-step -step idea for people who might be thinking about that, what it entails and how they would work with a mergers and acquisition company like yourself? Certainly. 
Um, you know, I think the first thing uh, to do would be to understand what your personal objective objectives are. Uh, what direction are you headed? Do you want to grow your business, in which case you might want to grow through acquisition? Or do you want to sell your business? Are you tired? Are you close to retirement? Do you want to do something different um, with your life, with your career, or with your family? So uh, the first thing to do is just to get an understanding of what direction you're headed, what you'd like to do, what you'd like to uh, accomplish, and what do you want um, to look like as we come out of this uh, pandemic and as we start back into our business lives, um, what, what are the goals you want to achieve? And then you want to, uh, you know, be realistic, understand that it's going to take, a sale process generally takes, you know, six to 12 months. So understand that um, this is not something that you can accomplish in uh, two months or 30 days, but, uh, you know, have an idea and have, be realistic about the time frame around that. Um, and the same hold true, holds true for acquisitions. If you'd like to uh, purchase companies, you want to get your arms around what are you looking for, what are the size companies, and how quickly do you want to accomplish that? Generally, when you start on an acquisition process, it could take you up to a, a year before you have your first acquisition. Um, once you have those two pieces in place, then you want to be uh, proactive. Uh, you want to uh, talk to someone like myself, and we would be happy to talk to you and just walk through the steps and walk through what your business looks like and how the market would react to it. Um, and we can give you an idea of value. So what we do when we talk to people is we give them a very realistic view of what the process will look like and how the market might receive their company. So we'll give you an idea of value. Uh, because we want to understand and we want you to have an understanding of what we expect to come out of a market process. So if you'd be in, you know, in uh, thinking about this, I feel free to reach out to me. Uh, you can find me at torogroup.com or you can give me a call at 414-465-5537 and we're happy to walk through this with you. Uh, no charge to the company. But you'll want to, um, so you'll want to be proactive. You want to talk to advisors. You want to put a deal team together, which would be your investment banker, someone like myself. You'll want to um, also um, hire an attorney and you'll want to involve your CPA and put together a game plan. Um, and then finally, what you're going to want to do is um, during this time, if you're thinking of going to market, is you're going to want to track all the financial impacts of COVID on your business. Um, what we're anticipating coming out of this is that, um, as you have heard in the past, is we normalize earnings when we, um, when we present your company to market. And we will look at the effects that COVID has had on your business, and we will normalize those out of your earnings so that a buyer could get an idea of what your company looks like um, uh, when you're not going through a pandemic in a, in a normal course of business. And, and I just want to say that the spelling of Toro Group is T-A-U-R-E-A-U Group. Yes, thank so you. That, so that they can find you on the web. And I know that um, a lot of business owners 
for maybe one of the first times where it's been so blatant is to worry about, could I get sick and die in this pandemic? I think it's one of the first times that, you know, people have really be, got, have become afraid. They didn't know how to handle and what this was going to mean to them. And I think for that business owner, it's really a good time to think about what if you had passed away? What if you had gotten sick? Who is the one that's going to step into that company is going to step into those shoes and run it? And I know we have an, we have an attorney coming on um, one of the, show is coming up as well as a CPA um, to talk about some of those things, but it's really important to have a plan. And I know when you're thinking about selling your company, there's always that question, will I stay? Am I the only one that has really got all the information? Have I taught people to fish or all of those questions? Can you talk a little bit about that for the business owner and the perspective, what that impact is if they haven't done the important planning of succession planning and the strength of the company in in reference to that. Right. And you bring up a great point, Karen. Um, succession planning, what you're talking about is succession planning, and it's so important. Uh, even if you don't get ill or you don't leave the business, uh, the value of your business will increase if you can show that your business operates under institutional knowledge, that it's not tribal knowledge that's in your head, that the management team of your company, you're not set up like a wagon wheel with you in the center of it, but rather you have a strong management team. So not only does that help you in this situation, should you get sick, you know, can the business continue without you, but as a buyer comes and looks at your business, they're going to want to see that once you retire, once you leave, you, once you exit, that they've got a strong management team uh, beneath you who's going to help them carry on the business. So it's so very important. It's important to your peace of mind and it's important to the value of your business. You know, and when I transitioned my daughter, Julie, into taking over the presidency of Ellen Becker Investment Group, and that's now about five years ago, I remember for me struggling with the whole idea of nobody, I didn't want her to change my baby's clothes. I mean, it was my baby, you know, and letting go of that control and not trying to micromanage was one of the suggestions that you gave to me a very long time ago. You, I remember you saying something like, Karen, take a really long vacation. <laughs> and I did. I went to Asia for like seven weeks and just let her, you know, step into that role. And of course, she has done an absolutely amazing job of not only changing the baby's clothes, but really creating a beautiful wardrobe to go along with it. And I think that's a really tough thing for a lot of business owners to recognize. And one of the things that I've learned in this pandemic, because I was one of the people, Julie would say, you know, we could have more people working from home. And I'd say, oh, no, I, I don't think that's a good idea. They have to be in the office. And so many of us have learned that people can work at home and people can be effective and can get their work done and create business. And so I think that really learning from this pandemic and realizing that, you know, as a business owner, often we don't have to control everything. Right. Nor do we need to have control of everything, right? Yeah. Because yes. you've got, you know, if you've hired properly, you have some, and as you did, Karen, you have some bright and talented people coming up behind you. 
and they've got new ideas and they've got um, new energy. And oftentimes the best thing you can do for your business is take a step up and become a leader and a mentor and give oversight to those people and really just step out of their way. And oftentimes there's a role for the, uh, like that for you when you sell your business. Uh, buyers might retain you for a number of years uh, to fill that role, or they may retain you for a number of years to go into more of a sales role. Uh, we've sold many companies where um, the owners were initially the key salespeople. And, you know, most, most successful businesses, small businesses are run by people who are very sales oriented. And, um, Oftentimes, the sale of your business can allow you to go back to doing what you love, which is 100% sales without the headache of um, running the day-to-day -day business and the administration and the HR and accounting and IT <laughs> and all the other things that bog you down. So there's, a, there's many, many options and you don't necessarily have to leave the business just like you did, Karen. You continue to be a mentor. You continue... Uh, to give the business oversight, um, yet you've done a beautiful job of, of moving out of the way and, and allowing the, the bright, talented people uh, that you hired and trained to really develop. My guest today is Anne Hanna. She is the managing director and founder of the Toro Group, which is a merger and acquisitions company located right here in Milwaukee, downtown Milwaukee, actually. If you would like to contact that, you can go to 414-465-5537, or you can go to the torogroup.com, which is T-A-U-R-E-A-U, group.com. And with that, when we come back in, let's talk a little bit uh, about biz starts and how the impact um, and how that's available for business owners and the impact that it's had on Milwaukee. And with that, we'll be right back. My guest today is Ann Hanna, and she's the founder of the Toro Group, in, um, which is a mergers and acquisition company located right here in downtown Milwaukee. She is also the chairman of the board and the director of BizStarts, a Milwaukee organization that supports early stage companies in southeastern Wisconsin. And Ann, that's actually how you and I first met. That's and right. Over 10 years ago, we were, um, Dan Steininger invited both of us, uh, several of us that have become very good friends from that. And uh, we were one of the founders of BizStarts. And I remember when we did that, we were really looking for the up and coming, quick moving um, companies gazelles, that were right. gazelles that he used to call them the gazelles, but it's right. changed. And with your leadership, it's even moving forward in a completely different direction, but a direction that is much more aligned with the city of Milwaukee, I believe. It is. It is. It's made some, we've made some huge pivots at BizStarts and it's, it's really a very exciting time. Uh, one of the other previous board mem members, uh, Patrick Snyder has agreed to come on, had last year agreed to come on as the executive director, which has been um, just a fantastic change for us as an organization. And we've made a pivot and BizNars is really focused. We're continuing to focus on empowering people through entrepreneurship, but now we're focused on going into the disadvantaged neighborhoods and using entrepreneurship as a solution to poverty. 
Um, so it, um, we've got a lot going on this year. We're getting ready to open uh, and um, roll out a brand new program. It's gonna be an educational program that we have gotten through Notre Dame. Uh, Michael Morris, who is a professor there and, and has years and years of experience on entrepreneurship and underserved neighborhoods. We're using his program along with the Ice House program um, to bring not only mentoring and coaching, but to bring um, education to these entrepreneurs. Um, we are gonna be able to accept as many as 120 entrepreneurs a year to educate them on how to improve operations, how to do accounting and marketing, how to obtain um, certifications and permits. And the list of items that they come out of this program with are really fantastic. Um, we take them through everything from starting their business to developing their accounting systems to tracking the appropriate KPIs. You know, I work and we've talked, Karen, about these middle market businesses that I work with and I sell. There's a lot of very successful middle market uh, businesses who are not going to have, who don't to this day have the same resources as some of these companies coming out of this new BizStarts program. Uh, so we're really very, very excited about this. It's going to kick off this September. And, um, you know, we're looking to launch a number of new businesses and we're uh, lo uh, looking to serve the community here in southeastern Wisconsin. And why is the entrepreneurship in these small business so important for the foundation of our communities? Well, you know, there's been a lot of studies um, that show that there was one study that was done over a seven year period that show states with a higher rate of entrepreneurship actually have the largest reductions in poverty, while states with lower rates of entrepreneurship uh, have a corresponding increase in poverty. Um, so, and we very much believe, and you said it earlier, Karen, we very much believe in the teaching a man and woman to fish type doctrine. And, you know, entrepreneurship in these underserved neighborhoods, it's about empowerment and it's about transformation. So you take uh, the average person in a disadvantaged neighborhood and you teach them how to run, start their own business, run their own business, what you're teaching them to do is to create their own job, to create their own identity, to create their own future, create their own wealth, um, create their own sense of pride and self-worth and identity, and really their contribution to the world. So it, it's very powerful and we're excited about the concept, we're excited about the work we're doing and um, how this is going to evolve over the next few years. If somebody's interested, Anne, and, and I can hear the excitement in your voice, how do they get in touch with this program? What would be the types of steps? And I know that I experienced, of course, in my business being a financial company, that when people start to see their money grow, it's so empowering and it gives them such a sense of, of ownership to who they are and to be able to do that. And I know in many cases in those communities, people have grown up with the attitude that they can't do it, they can't do it. And I know what you're trying to do is to show people that they can do it and to give them the tools to, to be successful. In many, many cases, that's breaking a, a cycle. 
that has been going on from generation to generation to empower and to um, be to take those dreams and not listen to you can't do it and that'll never work and I've told you many times I've had people say to me that is a crazy idea and you're really trying to take those people that have these crazy ideas that and I look at my company I was told that I my idea was crazy and I'm so blessed to have my company I think that's really what BizStarts wants to do absolutely it's it's transformational to give people the tools to be able to help themselves you know, we're not only transforming uh, the people, we're transforming their families, we're transforming their neighborhoods and their communities and, and markets. Uh, so it's, it's extremely powerful, it's extremely transformational. And if you look at, you know, traditionally what we've done in the US and in Wisconsin is the government has spent money, that, you know, annually they spend a trillion dollars um, on low-income Americans, about $13,000 a person. And that spending has been increasing every year for the last 50 years, yet it doesn't work. We continue to have poverty. We continue to have neighborhoods who, that are lacking jobs and lacking opportunities and, and lacking safety for their children, safety for their residents. Um, so we know what doesn't work. So we need to find something that does, that does work. And we believe that empowering people um, with these kind of tools is something that is going to work. And again, how does someone connect up with BizStarts and with this new program that is going on? Is there a contact or a number that you can share? Yeah, if you go to bizstarts.com, um, then you can find some information. There's a, there's a contact page where you can get in touch with um, with the folks over at BizStarts, and um, we've got we've got coaches, we have mentors, and we also have this educational program that we'll be rolling out in the fall. And I know that I think you called it um, an enhanced boot camp or something, and they'll be able to do a lot of this on on the web. Right, it's called a wealth enhancement boot camp, and. Um, Yes, some of it will be online, but also some of it will be in-person classes. And so it sounds like you said that they could take 120 people. Will the forms that people need to fill out or to get um, involved in this be on BizStarts to make that first connection? Yeah, I'm not sure if the forms are up on the website um, right now, but you certainly could reach out to BizStarts, uh, send them a message and let them know that you would be interested in this program. Um, and then they can they can walk you through the appropriate steps to get signed up. You know, and every large company once was a small company. And so there's possibilities of, there's so many possibilities. And I think it's just finding the right connections. So when I started my company, I was the first person um, to even think about having a fee-based company. And they told me I was crazy. I didn't have any mentors. I really had to figure this out by myself and made some mistakes and learned the hard way. And now people actually have this ability to go to BizStarts and to have the help that they need to have a stronger foundation in order to not make some of the mistakes maybe that others have made. There's really a toolbox for people to use to get a jump start on, right. on taking an idea and actually creating, you know, a company out of it. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we have a number of resources in the Milwaukee community that people may not be aware of. We've got a lot of really terrific um, nonprofits that are here to help. And, you know, when we started this 10 years ago, Karen, when Dan Steininger and, and John Tarinas originally started this, Vistarts was the only game in town for a startup business. But since then, um, there is a number of great, um, great startups. There's, there's Generator, there's Scale Up, there's the Sherman Phoenix um, development. Uh, there's Wibic, and they've been around for a while, but Wibic is there to provide uh, some micro lending. So at BizStarts, you can also get referrals and, and you can get education about the other resources that are available in the community. And I know that I had mentioned earlier when I introduced you that you are also the president-elect for the Association of Corporate Growth, which is known as the ACG, which is a global community for middle market middle market merger and acquisitions and for deal makers and business leaders that really are focused on driving growth. And what does that actually mean? And what does an organization like that bring to our community? Um, th that's an association that is uh, dedicated to really the, the growth of, of corporations, uh, the health of our business community. Um, it's a national organization and, um, you know, I'm involved in the Wisconsin chapter. Um, but it's, it's all the people in the community who are involved in large corporate growth and deals, um, putting together, um, you know, business deals uh, as far as buying and selling companies. And so your, uh, your position on that board then is to bring the people in Milwaukee together that are, are looking to maybe get into um, a corporation or to help companies? Yeah, and specifically the group that I run uh, for the board is I run a young professionals group called ACG NextGen. And it's actually, it's, a, it's, it's such a fun group. It's, um, it's our up and coming leaders. So it's our 20 and 30 somethings that are in the beginning stages of their career. They're future business leaders in the community. And what, what we do is I, I bring them together in this group and they have a chance to network with each other. And we also bring um, educational resources. For instance, um, Andy Nunemacher, a couple months ago, Andy Nunemacher, um, who was a great uh, uh, startup entrepreneur uh, in this community who's had a lot, of, uh, a lot of success, he came and spoke with them. Um, we've also had, like Charter Steel has given them tours of their factory. So um, specifically for that group, I pulled together this, uh, this group of young professionals who are our future leaders, which is, which is really fun. It's really, uh, it, it's really um, exciting to see what really wonderful talent and excitement we have here in our business community. Is that a group that other people can join if there are some um, leaders out there that are interested in this? Is this is something that they might be able to entertain? Uh, certainly. And uh, you could, if you just want to search on Google ACG uh, Wisconsin, uh, um, then you'll, you'll find the website and, uh, you know, you can reach out to someone there to uh, join the organization if you, if you have that interest. 
My guest today is Anne Hanna. She is the managing director and founder of the Toro Group, which is a merger and acquisition company that is located right in downtown Milwaukee. And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. If you would um, like to know more about us, you can go to ellenbecker.com. My guest today is Ann Hanna, and she is the managing director and founder of the Toro Group, which is a mergers and acquisition group right here in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. You can reach her by going to 414 465 5537. If you have any questions, if you'd like to know more about their company, you can go to the torogroup.com, which is T A U R E A U group.com um, for more information. And through these three segments, you've really demonstrated the, the deep roots that you have in our community all around businesses and mergers and acquisitions and building businesses. And in addition to that, is helping to launch individuals who are interested in starting up a business or being an active participant in the growth of Milwaukee. What do you see as the future of Milwaukee and what, what do you see as the impact that the virus has had? Um, is it going to help stabilize? Is it going to help grow? Or are there companies that just aren't going to be able to survive? Yeah. Well, and I think certainly there are some businesses that are not going to be able to survive, businesses that were maybe um, struggling before this hit. Um, but if you remember back, I think back to February, um, you know, we were in a very strong economy. And uh, this shutdown is not an economic shutdown. And you know, I, I shake my head when I see these um, statistics about more people on unemployment than during the Great Recession. Well, it, it's not because it's an econ for an economic reason there's people unemployed. It's because the government has shut down businesses. So I, I don't think it's it's comparable, and I, I think it's it's just sensationalism and um, really not an accurate picture of what's going on. Uh, just before we got on this call, Karen, I opened up a survey that was done by a private equity group. They polled uh, like 365 businesses across the U.S. And one of the questions they asked was about um, optimism. What do they think is going to happen as they come out of this? And 77% of the businesses who responded agreed with the statement that their businesses will emerge from the pandemic stronger than before. And I think that's the case as well. I think that uh, we are going to get back into a strong economy. I think we are going to, we have yet to be seeing the ripple effect uh, of what's going to happen from the shutdowns. We know that our restaurants are at risk, um, but what is difficult to measure is what's the ripple effect of that. So your restaurant is shut down, what happens to the suppliers of the restaurant? What happens to the food suppliers, to those you know, distributors maybe? And that's, that's really the, the unknown. But I think it's, it's safe to assume that we're going to um, get back to a, a robust economy and that things will bounce back. Now, they're going to bounce back, but they're gonna be different. I mean, now we have a layer of risk that we didn't know existed three months ago. 
I never imagined. I mean, think about this in January. In fact, I was visiting a client who was a publicly held company and we're doing, um, and we were talking to them. And at that time, they were very busy and very concerned about this virus that was over in Wuhan, China. And at the time I thought, wow, that's, that's too bad for those folks over in China. Never dreamt that it would lead to a national shutdown. So this is something that's unprecedented and something that we didn't imagine could happen. Um, but we are going to bounce back. And, and prior to this, we always um, touted businesses that were recession-proof, and that was very important. And now we're going to talk about how the resiliency, how pandemic-proof um, businesses are. Um, so I think, um, I think we are going to come back. I think we're, people are going to show their resiliency. I think it's going to be a, a little different year, uh, a little different um, economy as far as deal making. I think future deals may incorporate more working capital and a little less debt. Um, I think there might be more risk sharing. Uh, so people selling their business might see earnouts. Um, the banks are probably going to be a little cautious in the beginning. But if you recall uh, the Great Recession, the banks were also cautious coming out of the 2008, 2009. But within about four years, they were back to normal lending rates. So, uh, you know, predict memories will be short. Um, but in some, and in some industries, we're going to have permanent changes. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be different. But I think it's all, for the most part, uh, going to be positive. Um, and you know, businesses may not look exactly like they did before. Um, they may be restructuring and they just may look a little bit different. You know, and one of the things that I've noticed through my career too is that out of chaos and disruption comes innovation. And I think a lot of companies are going to be thinking out of the box. They've been forced to think out of the box. They've also been forced to think in many ways, how am I going to survive? How am I going to survive? Rather than having someone tell them how they're going to do it. And so I really think that we're going to see a lot of innovation, a lot of different ways. Um, people have been very cautious. There's been so many things on the table to think about. Number one, your health. Number two, your kids and being out of school and all of that. And then your business and your employees. Sometimes we just get one of those to think about. We've just had all of it on our plate, but I think it's going to open up the doors for innovation and good will come out of this. Absolutely. No, I, I agree completely. I think it's going to change the way we work. Look how quickly we all went to working at home and being mobile and um, uh, moving our meetings all online on Zoom or Teams or whatever platform you're using. Um, it's really amazing when you think about how quickly businesses adjusted to that change. I have been told that I have to go. <laughs> it is so much fun talking with you. And this is such an important part of the city of Milwaukee. And to know that there are teams, that there are people, that there are organizations that are working diligently to launch companies and to um, secure a foothold in Milwaukee is absolutely inspiring. My guest today is Ann Hanna. She is the managing director and founder of the Toro Group. 
It's a mergers and acquisition company. If you would like to connect up with her, you can go to 414-465-5537. They have a great company of teams that will help you to look at that. There's also biz starts that you can go to. And for those up and coming executives, you can look up ACG. And thank you so much for being a guest today. Thank you, Karen. Thank you for tuning in to our COVID-19 edition of Money Sense. Our goal is to provide valuable information so that you can feel more confident in your financial decisions. You can listen to this show and any that you may have missed at ellenbecker.com slash money sense or on Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. To discuss these topics and more with one of our wealth advisors, call us at 262-691-3200 or visit ellenbecker.com for a complimentary consultation.